Today on the Habs Forum, the trade deadline has come and gone. And boy, oh boy, what a trade deadline. If your team tank, if your team kind of just just sell and get some prospects, you got to love what you saw from the new GM, GM group, we should almost call them, uh, the management group, I guess, from the Canadians. So many moves to talk about and some, honestly... Ask me a year ago, like who, what returns we're going to get for some of these players. If you told me we're going to get what we got, I, I would call you crazy. I, w- I would not believe you. I, I can't believe some of the return the Canadian got Canadians got today. And I, th- this is the most excited I've been about the, the potential of uh, of the future of this team in, in a very long time. So I'm going to talk about all that. I was actually at the Habs game yesterday. Uh, fun stuff. So we'll talk about yesterday's game, too. Uh, and the, the how, how how it is to go into a full arena two years after uh, COVID started. So plenty, plenty, plenty to talk about. Uh, so yeah, Dustin, let's get right into it. Like how how excited are you about this trade deadline by this management group? I mean, I don't want to I don't want to lead you in any direction, but I gotta assume that you're as happy <laughs> as I am about all the moves that they made. I mean, like how can how can somebody not be excited by the moves they made? I mean, you know, a couple of the guys, well, especially Arturi Lekkinen, obviously really sad to see him go. But I mean, the return that they got for him, same same thing. You could you could sort of say the same thing about Kulak too. A little maybe a little sad, definitely not as sad to see Lekkinen go. But I mean, Kulak, uh, you know, a little little bit sad to see him go too. But I mean, wait, are you return, saying you're more sad to see Kulak go? Uh, no, no, I meant Lekkinen, obviously. Oh, oh okay, okay. I mean, we talked about Kulak before. It's a bit yeah. of, he's a weird player. Like, no hate to Kulak. He's been great when he's been here. But, like, I could see myself in two, three years be like, who? Who's Brett Kulak? Oh, yeah, Brett Kulak. <laughs> There's something so forgettable about him. But at the same time, that's not a bad thing. But that, dude. Dude, a roster playing player in Lazarson, like whatever, like they just added him because they needed to add a contract. A second round pick for 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 Kulak, he was scratch half half the games in the playoffs. Like how? Like I I mean, like no, I I just can't believe a second round pick. And I mean that just and and really all of the trades, I think you know it it just just goes to show that how much of a seller's market it really was. Oh, Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, Kulak for a second round pick, like, I mean, even just a few weeks ago, I would have thought, uh, you know, maybe the Habs can get a fourth, maybe if they're super lucky, a third, never in my wildest dreams would I thought they would have got a second for Kulak. I I, I never would have thought a second either. And and like, let's just go over everything that the Canadians acquired. So like sent out, like, let's include Tyler Toffoli in this, even though like Toffoli was a few weeks ago at this point, but it it was part of the sell off. Right. And, And it's part of the new GM group. So. Out the door is Tyler DeFoley, Ben Schrott, Brett Kulak, and Lekkonen. I'm not going to include Hammond because like, he, he came for a few games. He left, and I'm super happy that they they found a spot for him. I think that's a, a really classy move that they, they, they just found a team that was willing to make him play. And that's that's the players' notice. So I, I love that type of move for the management team. But more specifically, moving out to Foley, Sherratt, Kulak, Lekkonen, and getting in two first-round picks, two second-round picks, a fourth, a fifth, a seventh, and then Tyler Pitlick, Emil Heinemann, Ty Smilinik, I don't know if I said that correctly, Justin Barron, who we're going to talk about a bit more soon, and William uh, Lagesson. I mean, what an absolute haul to get all that for those players. I, I, I honestly can't believe it. Absolutely. I mean, every single trade was was fantastic. I mean, and, and basically it just kept getting better. Like it started with the Toffoli trade. You know, the Toffoli trade, I mean, I thought the, you know, it's definitely very sad to see Toffoli go, but, but yeah. you know, his, because he's, he obviously wanted to, you know, he seemed to want to be here in Montreal, but at the same time, you know, the, the kind of game that, especially with Marte Saint-Louis, but, you know, that Hughes and Gorton had, had, have said that they want to sort of, emphasize on here is obviously going to be skill and speed um now Toffoli obviously has a skill but definitely not the speed and you almost wonder though if they had waited on Toffoli with how trades went at the deadline if they could have had a bit more Mm, yeah that's that's not a bad yeah that's that is a good point definitely but but, you know I mean at the end of the day I think they still got a pretty fair deal they got yeah the first it's hard pick. to judge it yet because we don't know so much about Emil Heinemann and they, but they seem to be high on him. So we'll see when where where he goes, right? 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, they obviously, I mean, the, the, the biggest thing I think they wanted was that first round pick. Yeah. Right. And, and Emil Heineman, obviously a guy that they were high on a guy that, that, you know, I mean, he was just traded the year before for Sam Bennett. So, I mean, he's obviously a guy that's pretty coveted around the league. Um, seems to have quite, you know, some pretty solid, solid potential, certainly, you know, a possible top six guy, uh, if not top nine guy. So that was a great trade. Obviously Tyler Pitlick, he's, probably not going to be factoring into the future. Don't see him really being re-signed, but no, 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 no. I, I want to dress every single pit lick. I, 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 if there's another pit lick out there, I want to sign him and I want every single pit lick on this roster. I don't agree with that. <laughs> well, they do. Have, Rem, Rem, Rem pit lick is one of my new favorite players now. So <laughs> more pit licks, please. Well, man, maybe, well, they had, they did draft Rhett pit lick, so maybe they'll exactly. sign him uh, in a exactly. year or two. Exactly. But, I mean, anyway, yeah. I mean, that's the a fully trade at this point happened a while ago. But like, like, how about how about Ben Sherratt? I mean, getting a first from Ben Sherratt. Like, we we've said a lot about Sherratt on this on this podcast, and I, I I certainly know I have. Getting a first and a prospect for Sherratt, I just, I don't, know, I just, I just, I just, I just can't believe it, honestly. And it's just like no hate to Sherratt. I do think he was just in in the bad position at times here. But like we talked about it uh, over the weekend, the, the, there were there were multiple situations last year in the playoffs. Where Carey Price saved Ben Sherratt's ass. There were mo- I can think about multiple situations where Ben Sherratt did had a turnover, and like once again he was they were overplaying him and all that. It's not no hate necessarily, but like there's there's a there's a reality where the Canadians get eliminated in the first round on a Ben Sherratt turnover, and it didn't happen because of Carey Price. And if that happens, that alone doesn't. Like that changes the value completely, right? That that changes the narrative, and we don't get a first and a prospect for Bencher. I, I I really honestly believe that some of the value we got from these players is thanks to Carey Price and the incredible run he allowed us to go on in the playoffs last year. Well, I mean, absolutely. Any all these teams that were going after Sherrod and and and, and Kulak too. I mean, they they see these two guys being, well, especially Sherrod. Obviously, he was playing top minutes for the Habs. They get to the Stanley Cup Finals and. And, you know, especially in Sherratt's case, it's it's sort of one of those, you know, it's 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 an old boys league, right? The NHL yeah. where they they see that guy. Oh, he's got playoff experience. He's tough to play against. He's going to put us over the top. Right. And, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Carey Price is a big reason why we got so much back for Sherratt and Kulak, especially. Um, but you know, and again, I mean, definitely the Sherrod deal for me, it, it just, again, goes to prove how much of a seller's market it was. And, you know, he, I mean, he got like, again, just getting that first round pick I thought was, was solid. They got obviously the, I think a fourth round pick as well. Yeah. And then, you know, a, pre, a pretty decent prospect as well. Ty Smilinik. Um, not so yeah, like Ty Smilinik, like he's maybe not the, the the sexiest prospect, but like how how excited can can Habs fans get about that that pickup? I mean, I I don't know a whole lot about Ty Smilinik. From what I've read about him, he, he's not necessarily, You know, I mean, he does, He's got a lot of skill. He's got. He's really fast. He's extreme. You know, and and again, that's what they've been looking for, right? Yeah, he, yeah. Clearly. He's got a lot of upside. Not necessarily at least from what I've read, uh, a very good floor. So not necessarily a guy that's really ever going to play in the NHL, but at the same time, let, let's not forget that he plays in the same conference as Jordan Harris and Kent Hughes, son. So I'm sure Kent Hughes has seen him a lot and obviously really likes him and is obviously very familiar with him. So they obviously have seen something that they think, you know, is, is going to translate into the NHL. So, it, you know, I think, I think he's a guy that probably if he does make it to the NHL is, is definitely a couple of years away. But, uh, but again, you know, they want to look at that so- at the, at the, the skill and speed and those two things that he definitely has. All right. So then moving on to the Lekkanen trade, and this is the one that we talked about Lekkanen. Now I, I, at first, when we talked about it last week, I was more on the, maybe we should hold on to Lekkanen. I kind of, I'm kind of one of those, uh, 
I would be an emotional GM who quickly gets swayed by a player going on a hot trick, I, th- I think. But but you you made some very valid points very quickly that there's already a lot of guys with a similar type of contract that Lekkonen is probably going to end up getting as an RFA. But it, it didn't seem at the same time like this management group. Like Lekkonen seems like the type of guy they wanted to hold on to. And based on what uh, what Ken Hughes said in the in, in the press conference. Lekkonen was still going to be a part of the Montreal Canadiens as as late as 12 or 1 p.m. Uh, on on the trade deadline, but then Colorado just came in with and this this to me is this is exactly the type of 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 asset I wanted them to go get because like I'm not I don't want to get just picks because I'm not I don't think we're a team that is so so much in a bad position where we need to plan for five years down the line. I think with the right moves we could talk more about like a one, two, three years down the line. And th- to do that, you need to get prospects that can come in quickly. And Justin Barron, by all accounts, is was pretty much the best Colorado prospect, like the, the best guy they had left that wasn't already playing in, in, in the big leagues. Like, I mean, they, they, they have plenty of great young players, but an amazing acquisition by the Canadians here and a, a big puck-moving defenseman, right-handed shot. He's already going to be in Montreal practicing with the team. He might see some some NHL time, but by by the time we rec- record another podcast, I mean the, the, to have a guy already ready to, to to step in and and be a part of this team so quickly with so much potential, this has got me really excited. This type of move. Oh, exactly. This this was a fantastic trade. Uh, you know, and and I mean this one of the things too that you really got to love about Kane Hughes at least as far as it comes to this trade deadline is that he set a price for these yeah. guys yeah. and he he wasn't going to budge on it if you want Lekin in if you want Sherrod, if you want Kulak this is what you're going to pay us and say and def I'm sure it's the same thing with Tafoli this is what you're going to pay us if you're not going to pay it then you're not going to get him yeah and he he stood firm like he like, you know like you just said he said that you know he was Lekkonen was going to be staying with the team up until one o'clock yesterday and uh, find, you know, obviously Colorado gave him an offer. He absolutely couldn't refuse. And, and again, I'm sure, you know, what's going to happen with Lekkonen. He's I'm sure, I mean, Colorado is definitely the team I'm going to be rooting for this year. I hope Lekkonen wins the Stanley cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have a feeling though. He's, he's probably going to get a contract that, you know, he's going to be, he's definitely going to be overpaid, especially with the season that he's having this year is, I mean, obviously, if he can continue it going, I mean, all you know, maybe he won't necessarily be overpaid. But I mean, the the deal that they got, I mean, and and you know, you thought I was crazy for <laughs> for saying the Habs would get a first round pick for him. They basically got a first and a second for him. Yeah, basically a first is... and a second. Yeah, and and like I I I would much rather I don't know about you, I'd much rather rather have a prospect like Justin Barron than a first round pick because a first round pick specifically from a team like Colorado, like the type of team that's going to make a trade at the deadline, that's going to end up probably being a, a late pick. I mean, if you look statistically, more often than not, those players don't even necessarily end up being NHL players, right? It's still it's still very much. Like a bit of a crapshoot with the draft later in the first round. Uh, I mean, we, we we love seeing the word first pick, but there, there, there's a huge difference between the first pick the Canadians are going to have and, and and the top three, top four for this year's draft versus like what you're going to get in in a trade. So getting a guy like Justin Barron, who was drafted late in the first round, but at this point a few years ago and has had more time to progress, we can see more about him. He's played this year at the pro level and in the AHL and, and more of, of a sure bet. Right? I'd much rather make that type of as an acquisition personally like i i do think that the, the fans in general we, we overrate the, the the word like first round pick like i'd rather have a guy that i know has already progressed past the date of being drafted and and he he, he can make the team he, he might be getting some nhl time like like i said but by the time we record the next podcast and and we're gonna get to see really really quickly what we have in him and now all of a sudden the, the, like we were talking about not so long ago but not being too sure about the the, the the future of this defense, but now it's looking more and more like Jordan Harris is going to sign too. You 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 add you add Baron. You have Romanov. You have you have Logan Mayu. You have Caden Gooley, of course. I mean, this defense could be set up for a long time if 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 if, the, if the, like more of those guys pan out than 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 don't. You're looking pretty damn good. No, absolutely, absolutely. And Justin Barron, I mean, like you said, he was drafted 25th overall in, uh, two years ago, and he was a guy that easily could have gone higher than that he probably should have been a top 20 pick could have potentially been a top 15 pick but right before the draft um he had a medical issue where he had blood clots in his leg 
Um, so he dropped a little bit because of that. And, and ever since, I mean, he's, he, he's, he's been very solid. I mean, he's 20 year old defenseman playing uh, for the, for the Colorado. Well, he played this so far this season for the Colorado Eagles and, you know, he's putting up nearly half a point a game for a 20 year old defenseman. That's solid. And, you know, uh, I believe it was Scott Wheeler who, you know, who's a, mentioned that he's seen Justin Barron a lot and he's quickly developed into one of the top young defensemen in the AHL. And I mean, this is what was really, you know, if you take a look at the Canadians depth chart, organizational depth chart, this was something that they really needed. Yeah. You know, they have a lot of left-handed defensemen, right-handed defensemen was what they were sorely lacking. And Justin Barron just is, is huge. And again, like you said, I mean, you don't necessarily want all these draft picks. The Canadians already have way too many draft picks. Exactly. They're not going to be able to sign them all. You know, so, and th- this is definitely what you want. I mean, they, now, you know, with the addition of Heinemann, Smilinek, uh, Barron, I mean, these are guys that could potentially play in the NHL in the next two, three years. You know, they, the Canadians maybe aren't, and obviously add that to all the prospects the Habs already have. I mean, you know, this potentially a team that could be pretty competitive in, in the next two or three years. And like, and like speaking of having too many picks, too, that's something we glossed over. I love that the pick in the Sherratt trade was a 2023 pick, right? Like Florida didn't have the 2022 pick, but I much prefer now we have two pick, first picks this year, two first picks next next year, uh, and then and then they got the 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 second round pick from Colorado was a 2024 second round pick. Let's not forget that the Canadians traded away their 2024 second round pick when they acquired. Uh, Christian Dvorak, so they had none. Now they have one. So, like, even the the, the years of of the picks that they're getting make a lot of sense. There's there's clearly a plan in place with this management group, and it just it just really feels so quickly that even though the the the, 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 we, the we have like Kent Hughes maybe doesn't have as much experience as a GM, but it's like just th- this this management group clearly knows what they're doing, and it just really feels. Like not not to to take this opportunity to crap on Bergman necessarily, and Bergman had his fair share of very very good trades, but this feels like such a well-run organization. And then on top of that, the incredible amount of transparency transparency we're getting from this group. Just today, they they ran a Q and A uh, on uh, it was on Twitch, it was on Twitter, it was on YouTube, and they had Chantal Maccabi like list like reading questions from from Twitch. To, like directly from the fans to uh to, to, to can't use and uh and and just having them answer those questions directly of course a lot of the answers were oh, we can't talk about that we can't really talk about that but still being very open with the fans and just the fact that they would open they would be open to the idea of even doing this i i think says a lot about the management group yeah absolutely it, it is certainly a breath of fresh air i mean even you know what what they said about lekkonen you know that he they, they were planning on him being a hab everything that's happened with jeff petrie over the last couple of weeks and months yeah. I mean, he's been very open with that um you know still said that he's with that you know he'd be open to trading him potentially in the off season so yeah it's again it's it's just really a breath of fresh air and and it's it's some you know like you mentioned he hasn't has an adult obviously didn't have any experience in a uh, in a front office before and you're seeing the same thing right with Martin Saint-Louis didn't have any real coaching experience before coming to the Habs and, and that's obviously working out pretty well so yeah you know it's sometimes it's it's good to get away from that sort of again that that old boys club and get a get a fresh you know, set of eyes or whatever in there. And right now, I mean, it's, it's obviously working out for the Habs for you know, I, both the front office and the coaching staff. I, I honestly can't believe how good I feel and how positive I, I feel about this last place team. I, I absolutely love the team. I love how they've been playing. I love the moves of, of the management team. And, and I really feel like everything that's happened in the last, like basically the, the COVID era of the Habs Everything really could not have worked out better. I, I I really think so. I mean, sure, they could have won the cup instead of losing in the final. But, like, I'm just talking about how it, it's incredible that they even made that cup run. Even that the year before, they had a bit of a playoff run that led to Bergeron making some moves that were maybe kind of, like, seemed like he, he was putting too many, too much value in the in that in that that first covid uh playoff run but then they ended up going on the cup run uh anyways even though they almost missed the playoffs and then having some of the most exciting hockey we as as young Habs fans have have had the chance like us Habs fans that have don't really remember the cup from 93 because we're too young like having some of the most excited hockey exciting hockey we've we've gotten to watch and then 
for them to turn around and have a horrible season that forced the hand of Molson to to kind of clean house and bring in this new group, it, it, it honestly, I don't think it could have worked out better because the team did need this. And when we were talking about the cup run last year, one of the negatives that we had to take from the cup run was that, is this giving too much value that shouldn't be there because one Kira Price is having a crazy playoff run to the guys are playing like for Shea Weber, who's like, they clearly knew he was on his, on his last leg, but then they went, it went so bad at the beginning that they still cleaned house, brought in a new group. That's such a fresh new group. Then likely we'll get like a top three, top four pick this year. And then on top of that, you look at the the division this year, like there there was no chance even if the season went as well as it could have this year there is no chance this team was going to make the playoffs the the top the top 4 Florida Tampa Bay Toronto and Boston are all all in like those those teams are the teams that make maybe not Tampa Bay but but Florida made some huge acquisitions cuz they also got Giroux Toronto went and got Giordano uh, and Boston acquired Lindholm it's like this is the division that's going for it and it's it's going to be absolutely insane trying to get out of this division in the in the playoffs the canadians never had a shot this year never so you might as well finish dead last it really everything i really believe everything worked out perfectly when you when you look at it that way yeah no it's it's definitely definitely a good way to look at it for sure and it's it's definitely been a it's been quite the roller coaster over the last 12 yeah, absolutely uh, but but yeah, I mean, for for as terrible as it looked at the beginning of the season, and and there was no positives to take away whatsoever. I mean, you know, it it definitely feels like we're going we're getting somewhere at this point. You know, it's it might not be next season. It's might not be in two seasons. But you know, it I I, I mean, I, you know, we we I I think it's really starting to look positive, and and hopefully, you know, if things continue to go well and and Hughes and Gorton are patient, you know, in, in a couple of years, I mean, this could be a solid, solid team. Oh, and I sure. feel like they're setting them up for long-term success as well. Yeah, because, like, I'm sick of having a team built around a playoff run only being possible if the goalie has a, an incredible run, you know? Like, I I, I want to be able to be have a, have a team that is – it can be a, a contender, and 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 it, and it's not just because of someone like fluke performance. Not, not I shouldn't call it a fluke. I mean, we expect Carey Price to be great when he when he's healthy, but it's just I feel better about the future of this team today than I did when they were in the middle of a, a Stanley Cup run. You know, because like any Habs fan who was being honest with himself could recognize that it, it was a Cinderella run and as amazing and as exciting as it was that it was not necessarily sustainable. And this is still a team that arguably shouldn't have made the playoffs the, the year before and almost missed out on the playoffs that year. But now there really seems to be a clear plan and a clear vision of, of, of how to build this team moving forward. And, and it, this team could honestly be much more competitive as, as soon as next year, because who knows what happens with price, but would it be that shocking if after a full year off, Carey Price comes back next year to have a bounce back one of his best like seasons of his career? I mean that that doesn't sound sound crazy to me. Like I I, I could see that I could definitely see this team bounce back next year. The division will remain extremely competitive, so no matter what, it's gonna be tough making the playoffs. But I don't think we're going to have another team, another situation like how horrible they were at the beginning of this year. Like just atrocious. Some of the worst hockey I've ever watched in yeah, the near future. Definitely. Like I, it's not it's not happening again. I, I really don't think so. No, I mean, again, I, I, re, I never think I never thought that the Canadians were as bad as they were playing at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, I think it was just sort of a perfect storm. Duchamp was was out of his element. Um, yeah. And, you know, just just just, you know, the, the really exceptionally short off season as well. Didn't help as well. And, and, you know, it, the, the whole thing with price and Weber, and it, it was just, you know, one, one bad thing after another, the Canadians are not that bad. I mean, I think, you know, the team that we're seeing that we've seen really since St. Louis has got here is, is, is the real Canadians team. And, and yeah, obviously next season is going to be extremely hard, but I don't expect them to be in the, in the bottom five next season. You know, they're going no. to be, you know, they, they should be relatively competitive. I mean, again, Hughes and Gordon, they obviously got a lot of work ahead of them. Um, you know, one of the, one of the things that uh, I think it was Kent Hughes mentioned yesterday was that yes, we're at the bottom 
of the standings, but we're also, if you go on cap friendly, we're also at the top, right? Yeah. So, you know, Bergevin ha- didn't necessarily put them in a great spot for the future and, and they've really got their work cut out for them. So it, it might be a year or two before they can really, really be competitive and, 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 you know, contend and, and even get to the playoffs. But, but again, I mean, they, they really just got to stay the course at this point. And I, I'm, 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 I'm very confident it's eventually going to pay off, pay off for him. I, I, I really, I really think so too. But I mean, it's, it, it is definitely true that he didn't give him a handoff, something that's too easy to, cause like I said, I was at the game yesterday and, and in person, you really get to see a bit more of a, I feel like you really get a different perspective. You can focus more easily on one player and, and someone that stood out to me. I mean, you can, you can ask, I, I went with my girlfriend and, she she's not she doesn't really follow the Canadians, but uh, by the end of the day, she knew that it, uh, she knew very well that uh, Mike Hoffman was not a good hockey player because I wouldn't <laughs> stop complaining about him. I, I honestly I, I never quite realized how much I disliked his play until I saw him live. And it's just one game, but just so soft and so so not doesn't doesn't really seem to play at all the type of game we want to play moving forward. But like, are they going to be able to get away of, of a contract like that? Uh, you know, I mean, Brendan Gallagher is one that gets brought up a lot, and and I get the contract isn't good and all that, but I think I'd like to hold on to Brendan Gallagher. So you have to hold on to some leadership, and he's the not the one I'm most focused on letting go. But like, uh, the, I think the team needs to move on from Hoffman. I, th- I think, I, as sad as that, this makes some fans. I think the, the Drouin experiment. I think it's better for Drouin at this point if he moves moves on from somewhere to somewhere else. But outside of those two, as far as the forward group. I, I don't I don't hate too much any of the other contracts. I, I'm pretty confident they're going to be able to move Jeff Petrie. Uh, it sounds like this is uh, like once again it was brought up, and actually there was one of the um, the questions he got from the media uh, was it, it, now that Jeff Petrie made it through the trade deadline, is it really impossible for him to kind of quote unquote repair the relationship, or he could stick around and all that? And he, he didn't answer the question necessarily directly, but you can read between the lines that there's basically no chance that Jeff Petrie stays as a, as a Montreal Canadian. So I'm pretty confident he gets moved out in in the off season. And then aside from that, I mean, David Savard's contract's not great, but like three, like you can eat 3.5 million. It's not, it's not the end of the world. So you don't have that many horrible contracts. It's just to get rid of at, at this point. I, I, I really think looking at the cap friendly right now, this, I think they're going to be able to be competitive really quickly. And this team's going to look so much different starting, like starting next season, how many players from the finals are going to be left? We're already out. I think 12 are already gone. It's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, again, he's obviously got, or they have a lot of work ahead of them for sure. I mean, Hoffman would definitely be one of those guys that you wouldn't mind uh, moving on from, you know, he's one of those guys that definitely doesn't seem to play the kind of game that they want to play. Um, I, I would add, even though we scored last night, I would add army to that list as well. of a guy that, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind moving on from, uh, but yeah, like you said about Gallagher though, you, you, you want to have, even though his contract really isn't that good, you, you'd love to, to keep him in that leadership. And as far as the goes though, you know, I mean, he just came back. I, you know, we'll see what he can do the last last sort of stretch. But, but like at this point, it's the same story constantly. I, I swear, every season is is the is a repeat season for 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 Dwayne, and he still puts some points up and all that, but there's nothing more. And and like like at, at this point, like like maybe it, like like if we accept he's just second line. But the, the thing is, is like we can only hold on to so many of those players. Like I'm saying, I'm okay holding on to to Gallagher in a world. Where we don't also have Duhuay and Hoffman, you know, and Armia, like you said. But if you still have those guys, then maybe you have to get rid of Gallagher. Like you can have one of those types of players stick around that doesn't have a great contract. And I don't mind Gallagher being that guy because I think he brings more to the team than than, than just the production. Even though he slowed down so much, and I know that you're not going to get anything for for Gallagher anyways at this point. But I mean. After this year, Dwayne has one year on his contract, and do you do does Dwayne even want to resign in Montreal? Like, like I don't know. Like, I, I feel like a guy like him would be better off playing for a market that just you know he can go grocery shopping and they don't know who he is. You know, like I I, I really think he's that type of guy, honestly, at this point. 
Oh yeah, no. I, I mean, I think I think you're probably right, but and yeah, you're definitely right. This saying that yeah, it's always the same story with Rouen. Oh, maybe he can turn around. Maybe he can turn around. But you know, again, under Saint Louis, pretty much everybody has has turned it around at least from sure. the from the terrible start they had. So. You know, I'm willing to give him till the end of the season, see if he can show us anything. Um, but I mean, you know, there's there's not going to be a lineup of teams coming to get the way either, right? So no, no, exactly. But he had a couple opportunities yesterday. He had two breakaways, like one a half break, one full breakaway, and no, no, that's not true. He had one breakaway, and one was a two on one, and it's just, I just, I don't know how he, he it just didn't seem like he, he. I know this is not the case, but it's almost like he didn't want to score. <laughs> like, I don't understand <laughs> what he was thinking. And, and clearly that's a sign of a player that, that that's in, in his head and it doesn't have the confidence and like has the monkey on his back, whatever. But then it's like, like I, like I just said, that's always the case with, with, with Drouin, you know, but I, I do feel great. Even though the, the Anderson Suzuki and Caulfield line didn't score yesterday, they still look great. I, I think one thing that was unfortunate is that I think they, they caused like two or even three penalties by Boston, but the problem was that means they're on the ice, and then they're not the the power play unit that starts, which 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 is kind of un, un, unfortunate when when that happened. But like I I I feel like that's that's going to be a line for for a long time. I mean, I feel, we've said that before, but they they just seem to gel so perfectly together, and then it makes it a bit easier to build build around that. And I just I just don't think. Dwayne's it. I just don't think so. You know, you have Dvorak and and Gallagher on 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 the third line maybe. And Armia's been looking better though. Like you're you're willing to give yeah. uh, Dwayne a chance at the end of the year, but Armia, you're done with Armia. Like the three point four is a lot easier to swallow. Yeah, but you know, I mean, Armia, you know, he's been he's played however so many games with the under under Saint Louis. Well, I, I guess it's like seventeen games or eighteen games now, and. And aside from scoring last night, he really hasn't no, shown a whole lot. That's, that's not fair. Like he's had a couple games. He in the last like three, four games, he's been looking. I, I agree at first. Like I, I said the same thing. He wasn't like showing anything, but he started. He has started now to finally, I find, turn it, turn it around. Yeah, but we all know our he's he's gonna be really good. He's probably gonna score another goal next game. He, he's gonna have a solid four or five games, and then then he's gonna be invisible again for the next twenty. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you might be right. There were rumors that they received calls about the army, but it's so much harder. They they talked about this it, at the deadline. It's very hard to move anyone that doesn't have that has more than uh, than one year uh, left, right? Because the, all these teams are right up against the cap. And and the the thing is, is that you can't. Um, something he brought up is that you can't like eat salary like uh what's the term I'm looking for like he like give cap relief to, to to teams for just one season if a player has multiple years on his contract like let's say a team wanted armia but they can't fit him this year you you can't only absorb like two million this year it has to be for the remainder of the contract and they're not going to do that That that's just bad cap management like you're not gonna yeah. you're not gonna be eating up one or two million off of armia's contract for the remainder of the those three four years that doesn't make any sense so no, for sure the, these are trades we might see more in the in the in the off season, um, but yeah, I mean Hoffman's the main one I'd, I'd like to see go at this point. Honestly, it's just uh, I don't know. I don't know what he's like. He just he just seems so soft, and like even he's not even doing it on the power play too, right? Like that's supposed to be his bread and butter, but it's just not. It's just not happening. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe he doesn't have the right line mates or what have you, but uh, it, I just I just really wasn't feeling Hoffman yesterday. No, I mean, yeah, he's uh, like you said. He's, I mean, he's no, he's been known his whole career, right, as being like a soft player and and, and definitely not not too responsible in his own zone. Um, you know, he he shows flashes like like he always has, but I don't. You, you never know. There might be a team that he's gonna have two years left after this year. Maybe they maybe they can find a a team to take him. Um, but but uh, yeah, I'm sure Hughes and Gordon are gonna be very active in the off season and and at the draft. You know, they said uh, Hughes, I think was today, he said that, you know, he with all the draft picks they have, he'd be willing to move up in the draft. And and that, too, is a breath of fresh air. I don't think I don't remember Bergevin ever moving up in the draft. He always moved back. Mm. Um, So, I mean, you know, even that would be I mean, with with all the picks that they have, I mean, why not try to move up in the draft? Oh, for sure. Especially if there's a guy that you really want. Yeah. No, I, I, absolutely. I mean, and there's because right now for this year it's two firsts, two seconds, three thirds, three fourths. I mean, 
that's a that, that that's a lot of picks. Like, do you do you even need to make all those all those picks? You know, uh, so I mean, I I can't wait to. I mean, I'm now it's kind of the bit of the the, the lull period because it's like waiting for the for the draft and the next off season to come. But I I just when we when the management change first happened, you know, we were like, okay, like we don't know too much about the, these guys, but the, it should be it should be a good change for the for the organization. You like we were liking what they were saying in press conferences. They seem to know what they're talking about, and but you never know until like stuff starts happening. And just after this trade deadline, I'm just I. Any move that they do at this point, I'm gonna be like, oh, they must know something I don't know, even if I don't like the move. I I have full confidence in this in this uh, in this group right now, really really full confidence. Absolutely, I mean, like even the most minor of trades, trading uh, Andrew Hammond for uh, for Nate Schnarr. I mean, that even that was a fantastic trade. Because I mean, first of all, okay, well the Canadians clearly don't really need Andrew Hammond anymore with uh, with with Jake Allen back. It gives him another opportunity to play in the NHL, which again, like you mentioned earlier, definitely looks, you know, player, it's something players are going to notice, right? That, that you yeah. make a classy move like that. So, uh, and, and I mean, Nate Schnarr, he's going to be a pretty, he could be a pretty solid addition for the, for the Laval Rocket who are in the midst of a, of a playoff race themselves. They're in second, uh, second place right now and they're in the North division. So, you know, I mean, he could be a really good addition. He's a guy that actually he played uh, his last year of junior was with uh, Guelph with with Nick Suzuki. He's put up a decent amount of I think he has 26 points in 43 games this year. So, you know, a, a decent amount of points. He's not probably not necessarily a guy. I think he just turned 24 years old. Probably not necessarily a guy that's going to play in the NHL at any point. But, you know, he could be a really solid AHL guy, put up some points and and, you know, if, if he does stick with the Canadians organization, a guy that, you know, could could at some point be like an emergency call up kind of guy. I, I mean, for me, the main focus on that, like, I don't know if he's going to bring too much to the team and, and all that. Hey, if he helps in Laval, that's great. I mean, it's always good to have depth and and, and, and whatnot. But to, to make a move like that for for him, and I think that part of that comes with the, the fact of being a former um uh, a, a former agent, right? Because as a player agent, like your your focus is always on the uh, uh, always on 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 the player, right? Over everything. I mean, he 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 made it. He had a quote during his press conference that did the rounds on Twitter about how a lot of GMs joked to him that this is the first time he's ever cared about the cap, right? Because when he's negotiated contracts in the past, he didn't care about the cap. He wanted his players to get the best. So I think that that's something that. Like add to that that he he's someone that's always been a player first person as a as a player agent. Add to that making a move like this for uh, him and how he's been very open about trying to move Petrie per his demand and and just just the, just the overall. If he's this transparent with the fans, you have to think he's that much more transparent even with the players. And you, you, you got to think that that's going to come into play when it comes to, to, to signing players and, and to a, a, acquiring players via free agency or even just extending players, have, have them stay in Montreal when we want them to stay in Montreal. Only time will tell if uh, if that's true, but we know Montreal needs all the help it can get as far as, as signing players, free agents and all that. And it's only worse now because of all, all the COVID stuff. If, 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 if restrictions were to ever come back, uh, hopefully not. But if they ever do, I mean, we know they're going to be probably harsher in, in Canada. And it's going to stop people from wanting to come. So a- anything that can help convince players to come sign in Montreal could be good because we always heard from Bergevin that it's he tries to sign the players and we know he's been in on on these these tr- signings trying to do in the offseason and it never works. And we kind of always expected the idea that players don't want to play in Montreal. I'm curious to see now with this new group that maybe ends up being a bit more respected by players around the league if they'll have more luck signing players. Only time will tell that maybe the whole Montreal thing is true, but I would not be surprised if he's able to to, to make more interesting signings in the offseason. That's going to be interesting. I mean, really looking forward, obviously, to their first uh, offseason in Montreal, see what they can do. Uh, again, they got a lot of work ahead of them. Yeah. With, uh, you know, the, the sort of cap situation that they have here, but... Uh, that's good. I mean, hopefully the off season is as good as the trade trade deadline went. I mean, I I don't I don't know if that's uh, uh if that's possible. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is there's going to be a lot of trades too, and I don't know how quickly they're 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 going to happen, but there's going to be a lot of trades in these off season in this off season. But 
Hey, I mean, we, we still, I guess we still have some, some, some hockey to watch till then. But that, that's the thing that, that that's fun is that the games are fun to watch now, even though the they're, they're in dead last and in the back of our minds, a lot of us kind of want them to lose. I still would have loved to win yesterday against Boston, especially goddamn Brad Marchand. Like he's such a good villain, isn't he? Eh? Like I swear it was only Marchand playing for the Bruins. Like every like the, I think the first two penalties the Canadians took were, were against Marchand. Like he he scored the game winning goal. He, yeah, and and another goal. He he was just all over the ice. It just makes it so much more annoying that his stupid rat face is so good at hockey. I mean, it, 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 it I was kind of sad watching the game yesterday. Part of me a little bit because I was like I wasn't feeling the rivalry between Boston and Montreal. And that, that, that that's that that's what I can't wait to come back when this team is is competitive again. I need this this young group to develop the hatred for the Bruins that that we had uh, a few years ago. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Brad, I mean, what, what can you say about Brad Marchand? I mean, you know, he's one of those guys. Obviously, everybody hates you know anybody that's not a boston fan is going to hate him but you know the, the kind of guy that you absolutely want on your team no and yeah. he's developed into a premier score in the nhl like i never never i never would have guessed that like he he's he's really incredible i hate, I hate to say it and i feel like habs fans were rusty too because i noticed yesterday it would took it would take the fans a good like three four seconds before after he had the puck to start booing him like they weren't <laughs> as quick it's like it took him a second. Oh, well, was that Marshawn with the puck? Okay, gotta start booing. Gotta start booing. <laughs> but, uh, it was so much fun being at, being at a live game, though, man. It's e- e- even though they lost, even though the team's in last place, it's it's good to be able to go see the, the guys in person again. Yeah, ju- yeah. Just to go back. I mean, uh, well, I haven't been back since, but I mean, uh, I can imagine. Definitely, uh, you know, got hope- hopefully make a, make it to a few Rocket game there before the end of the season. Yeah, for sure. And and like looking at the schedule ahead, if your team uh, tank and you'd like to see them start losing again, it's actually uh, looking uh, looking good. I mean, th- this uh, n- next game is against Florida, and then then it's Toronto, and then at New Jersey, but back to back. New Jersey's not as good of a team, but you know, two two games in two nights, and, and you're moving between them, and then at Florida, at Carolina. So uh, this could be a a rough stretch of games for the Canadians. <laughs> As far as winning games, but if they could stay competitive in, in these games, and because now the, 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 the weirdly enough, if you look at the standings right now, the top of the standings, things are kind of already set. Like we almost pretty much know there's almost no playoff race. The most exciting race in the NHL right now, leading up to the playoffs, is who's going to finish last. It's it's a dead heat between Arizona, Seattle, and Montreal, all with 44 points right now. Montreal has the tiebreakers though; they're they're in last place because they have the least amount of regular like regulation wins and all, and all that stuff. But uh, th- that's going to be the most exciting part. It's weird to be following that, still kind of wanting them to win, but then wanting them to lose. It's 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 a really really a weird feeling. But uh, I mean, at least that'll be interesting leading until the end of the year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, hopefully. Uh... You know, hopefully they don't win too, too much, but you'd like to see them finish this season off strong. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see just, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier, Justin Barron is going to be uh, joining the team. We'll see what he yeah. can do. No, that I'm very excited about. Now, I, I can't wait to see. I mean, I don't want to kind of rush him. Like, how, how do you feel about it? Like, because he's been playing in the AHL, I mean, not NHL, AHL progressing. Like, are you down with him kind of coming and joining? Because I've been seeing some people online. You know, I'll let him stay in the AHL, but he doesn't. There's no point in bringing him right now. But I don't know. Selfishly, I'm kind of just excited to see him. I just want to see him play. Yeah. Well, he played a couple of games for Colorado this season. Uh, I think he played four or five games. I think mm-hmm. with them. Um, I mean, you know, I don't think he's going to be spending that that much time. Um, you know, I think they'll probably give him a couple of games, see what he can do. And then, you know, they'll probably send him down to Laval, especially with Laval getting ready for the, uh, well, the, the playoff race there. You know, if, if, if they do make the playoffs, I mean, Justin Barron is probably going to be one of their, one of their top defensemen on the right side. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think he'll necessarily be here for the rest of the season. They'll, they'll just give him a couple of games to, to get adjusted and then uh, probably send him down to Laval. I mean, all, all the more reason to go see Laval then if he – so, so that actually is probably the biggest acquisition for the, the Laval Rocket in this deadline is uh, adding a top defenseman like that. I, I, how I'm, I'm looking at the – yeah, the Colorado Eagles were third in their division. So, yeah, they just got screwed by that trade. Eh? If you're a Colorado <laughs> Eagle fan, you're not, too, you're not too happy about that. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I mean, he's – 
probably steps in as, as being the top right. Well, I mean, they got a couple of good right-handed defensemen. I mean, Louis Belpedio and, and well, Josh Brook is meh. But, uh, no, nah, he, he's definitely going to be a good addition to that top four on defense. And, and yeah, I mean, with not just him, but, I mean, I think Nate Schnarr will be a pretty good addition to the to the Rocket as well. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, hopefully, hopefully they can keep it up. They've been on a bit of a roll lately, second place in the division right now. And I mean, it's very, very close. The, like basically the, the, the whole division aside from first hey, Utica. Can you, can you far, like remind me, do the playoffs in the AHL work exactly the same way as the, as the NHL? Uh, it's actually a little meh. Usually, yes. It, uh, no, actually, usually it's the top four in each division to make the playoffs. Okay. Uh, but this year it's a little it's a little weird because of COVID and not all teams are playing the same amount of games. Uh, from what I remember, it's the top five teams that are going to make it in this in their division, the North Division. And then I th- I think I forget what it is even now. I think the fourth and fifth play each other is sort of like a wild card. In a in a best of three series. Oh, I see, I see. So it's still kind of like the idea is still that the top four from the division make it, but four and five we're gonna play a play in because to make it a bit more fair because there were a different amount of games played. Yeah, if I remember correctly, I know each it is again it's really weird this season because some of the other divisions don't have the same amount of teams and yeah. it's not the same amount of time teams qualifying. So it's if I remember correctly, that's what it was in the North Division. I mean, looking at the standings right now, there's teams that have a 10 game, yeah. like gap, like in the, in the difference in games played and all that. So it, so it makes sense, a bit more complicated. But I mean, all that to say, they're at this point they seem pretty guaranteed to make, uh, to make the play. Uh, actually, it's, it's actually a pretty tight race. I shouldn't say that. That's yeah, very uh, close. Very close. So the first, so they're in second, but the first place, the Utica Comets are like running away with it, with the. Uh, with uh, their winning, because I guess you got to look at the winning percentage, not the amount of points, because they yeah. actually have less points. Based on points, they should be in sixth place, but because they've played less games, they actually have they they're actually in second place. Interesting something. So yeah, so that's definitely hey, if uh, if you want to go see some good live hockey, you got to go see and got to go see the Rocket. Hey, as soon as Justin Barron gets sent sent down, we got to we got to go check him out for uh, for sure. So so that'd be exciting. I hope they go. Have they have they made the playoffs since being in Laval? They have not. They have not. Oh. Well, I mean, they they obviously would have made the playoffs last year, but uh, there were no playoffs. Right. First, but uh, right. Yeah, that's right. That'd oh, be man. great. Yeah, Hopefully, be great. finally get. Hopefully, finally get some playoff hockey in Lavelle. Some playoff hockey with affordable tickets, man. That'd be, I, I wonder how much how much the tickets would go. They they can't get that expensive, right? It's still it's oh. still Laval. People don't get that like excited. Like 35 bucks, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's not that sounds good. All right, I mean, exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. Definitely excited for that. And then uh, on on our end, I think we're probably going to start talking about the the draft a bit more now uh, moving forward. I mean, the Canadians still in in, in first, uh, like in reverse first, I guess you can say. So I, I know everyone's focused on Shane, right? But I think it's worth talking about those other guys because I mean, even if the Canadians finish last, they're still more likely to not pick first, right? Uh, so, but there's plenty of other uh, available players and. What's interesting now with the addition of like with how good the the decor looks, you got to think that I, I know you got to draft best player available, but you, know, you like seeing that the top three, top four seem to be fours because that's really what the Canadians need to add to the to the prospect pool. Shane Wright would really be exactly what the Canadians need to add. Like, I know he's not like a a exactly like he's not a generational talent, right? He's not like Connor McDavid, but adding another center to play uh, kind of that like second line role to to Nick, to Nick Suzuki and then you got Dvorak on the third line he really seems to be a piece that's missing on this team yeah I mean definitely Shane Wright would be a hell of an addition to the Habs but uh yeah no, pretty much no matter where they finish uh, at this point I mean they're going to get a good player and yeah it's definitely now that the trade trade deadline is finally over we can uh Maybe focus a little bit more on the prospects and focus, uh, well, even a little bit more the, on the Habs prospects and uh, on the Rocket and the Lions. So, I mean, I, I didn't ask you this before the podcast. I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. But as a little preview of all the talking about the potential you know, first pick for the Montreal Canadiens, I know the easy name to say is Shane Wright. But let's say the Canadiens don't get Shane Wright. Who are you most? Who would you be most excited for the Canadiens to get outside of Shane Wright from, from, from the group this year? 
Uh, I mean, uh, Logan Cooley would probably be the second guy. He's he's also a center, uh, plays for the uh, – well, he's an American, plays for the U.S. National Development Team. He'd be a great addition. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's quite a few good players, but and, – and even though the Canadians don't necessarily need a defenseman and they just got Justin Barron, but Simon Nemich, uh, who's a right-handed defenseman, he could be – an absolute beast for the Canadians. And he would really sort of solidify that, that top six for the next decade plus even (laughs) two decades, basically. So I think he could be a a pretty solid addition to the Canadians too, but, but yeah, definitely something we'll talk about over the, over the next, over the next couple of months. And, and and how many of these guys do you think are likely to step into the, would be like likely to step into the Canadians right away in the first year, or do you think this is more a draft year where it's not going to nobody, happen? nobody. <laughs> I don't want I don't want anybody to. We've already been down this road with Kukin. E- even Shane Wright, even if it's Shane Wright. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think Shane Wright probably, but uh, no, I I wouldn't say any of the rest of them. Um, and again, I mean, we've already been down this road before. Let's, yeah, I know. let's not rush anybody. I know. I, know. <laughs> I agree with not rushing, but sometimes they just have a good camp, man, and you got to do it, uh, what you got to do. But I mean, I, it's uh, exciting stuff. I mean, it's uh, we can get back into using that. Uh, my, my, my favorite website uh, this time of the year now, it's tankathon.com uh, slash NHL slash mock draft. You just click on sim lottery nonstop to see how often the Canadians come in as first. I did it before today's podcast, just, you know, for shits and giggles, and uh, Canadians got first overall pick. So, hey. It's a good sign. The last time we did this, I swear I did this lottery sim. It, it took me like so many times before the Canadian got first pick. They got it the first time I did it. To me, that's a sign. That's a sign. I mean, this website clearly, you know, it re- represents something, right? So, uh, <laughs> clearly. Uh, all right. So I think uh, I think that uh, that does it for today's uh, episode. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Or? Uh, no, no. I think that's it. Uh, yeah. So follow us on uh, on Twitter. At the Habs Forum, and uh, yeah, and I mean, we'll be back. I don't know, the next week or two, I guess. And uh, just talk follow us on Twitter if you want to know where we're going to air. We're not consistent. We're not good podcasters. We just do it when we feel like doing it, basically. <laughs> so uh, as uh, as always, yeah, like Dustin was saying, follow us at, at the Habs Forum on Twitter. Uh, and uh, yeah, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you guys uh, next week or next time. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs>